755 is real with David O'Brien and Eric O'Flaherty. It is on the air now. Welcome back. 755 is real. I'm David O'Brien, Braves writer for The Athletic. 755 is real is presented by Topps. Check out Topps Project 70, celebrating 70 years of Topps baseball cards. Man, Eric, we thought the season might come down to this final week. And it's kind of been a roundabout way of getting there, but it's coming down to this final week. Although the Braves have got to uh, love the position they're in as compared to, say, the Phillies. Yeah, I mean, they got a chance to put it away where the Phillies have to hope for the best to stay alive. I think that's definitely more pressure on the team that hasn't been here in a few years and and hasn't done it. But it's kind of comfortable for everybody. You know, I mean, you got something to blow if you're the Braves. And if you don't win, if you're the Phillies, you're out. Yeah, the Braves did what they needed to do on that brutal trip. They uh, and 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 you know you, the way it started, you were kind of concerned for them because they lost those first two games in San Francisco, and you're like, oh shit, here we go again with the West Coast trip for the Braves. But from there out, they came pretty close to sweeping that Arizona. They won three out of four, which is you know as we've said, it's so hard to sweep four game series from anybody. But they had a real chance before uh, what I Webb struggled in that one game. Um, yeah. So they lost one game there, and then they lose the game that they had they resumed before the San Diego series began, before the series opener. And that was a brutal loss, too, because they tied it up and they had the momentum. And Will Smith blew the lead in the ninth, and they end up losing that game. So they start that series off kind of with a thud, but quickly erase that with the what Freed doing exactly what he had to do and just shoved, man. He was terrific Friday night in that series opener. So you go on and sweep the actual series against the Padres because that first game doesn't count as part of this series. It counts as part of the July series in Atlanta. Uh, and then they sweep the Padres and just took control of this whole thing. I mean, that was just huge, sweeping those guys. And the way they won Saturday and Sunday couldn't have been much more impressive than it was. No. I want to clarify <laughs> saying Freed's not an ace. You know, when I when I think of an ace, I just think of a guy that's that's thrown 200 innings multiple, maybe one, you know, a couple times and kind of solidified that health aspect of it. Um, he definitely pitches like an ace. And it, it feels bad saying something like that and then seeing him do what he did. But he's been doing that for a while. So he's definitely going to be an ace. Two and a half months, he's pitched like an absolute yeah, ace. absolute in, ace. In, in today's game where guys don't hardly anybody goes yeah. eight, nine innings anymore, he's gone nine innings twice in five yeah. weeks, which is unheard of. I mean, Charlie hadn't even done that. Um, yeah. And since that second IL stint, He's been an ace. Been, and, and, yeah. you know, two plus months. He's pitched just terrific, man. Under two ERA the last couple of months. And he's given them exactly what they needed. Um, and that's especially important because Ian is not back to his full self yet. And Noah's not even close. So it's really pivotal that are important that crucial that they have those two guys at the top that they can totally count on in Charlie, big game Charlie. I mean, the playoffs is where he thrives and he's pitched really well. And then Freed now joins him as you can go either way with that. I think they'll probably start Charlie in game one just because of uh, what he's done before. But I don't think you can go wrong with him or Freed in, in in whichever order, one, two, in a postseason. Yeah, and you shouldn't have to worry about that Colorado game, um, hopefully. No. But if if you had to throw it, you know, you know, you got You're not two guys, two guys you can feel pretty good at uh, about in game one. Um, but yeah, I mean those those two at the top are looking good. You know what, man? It's funny just how. 
anything comes up, man, you take some time off and you come back, yeah. you know, I'm sure he's healthy, but yeah. created some kind of bad habit or just lost his, his rhythm. You know, anytime you're on a run, like he was on, you want to keep that going as long as possible and stay healthy. So those little things, you know, punching the, punching the wall or whatever he did, you know, that's, yeah. it's crazy how something as stupid as that can change the whole trajectory of things for you. In the first run of his career, too, where it really looked like he was establishing something, the foundation, yep. you know, to move forward and, be- and become a real big piece of the rotation. And now it's like, okay, now you got to prove it again or get back on a roll like that and prove, Start it, all wasn't, over. And prove it wasn't fluky, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, that was just a huge mistake on his part. You just hope for his sake that he can get it back for the postseason. Otherwise, he's going to just wonder and wish what, wonder what could have been. Especially yeah. if, especially if he ends up being a reason, you know, his games end up being a reason in the postseason why they don't win. I mean, the way he was pitching, he was their best pitcher at the time he got <laughs> yeah. hurt. Yeah, pitching better than Charlie. Charlie struggled a little bit early. He was pitching better than Freed. Freed got hurt early twice. He was their best pitcher when he got hurt. Yeah, yeah, and it's just you know that that little break, that time off. You come back, you're throwing a little different. You're not quite as effective struggle a little bit, get pulled out of some games early, and all of a sudden it's like, you know, you're battling for a spot again. And and hey. you're battling for a playoff spot instead of being maybe the one or two. Hell, he was even raking at the plate when he got hurt. Yeah. And he has and he's been yeah. a normal pitcher hitting since he got back. Yeah. He was like Babe Ruth before he got hurt. Every time he went up yeah. there, you were like, okay, is he gonna hit it out? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So anyway. But Fortunately for them, Ian Anderson has pitched a lot better in his last couple times out. Looks like he's regaining his form, and they're not going to need more than three for a best of five series, so they wouldn't even have to worry about you know until you know unless they advance. So, but uh, huge series against the Phillies, and the Braves are in the driver's seat. I mean, they can clinch if they sweep. If they sweep them, it's done. And if they win two out of three, it's all but done. Yeah. The only if they win two out of three, the only way that the Phillies could win would be if the Braves got swept by the Mets, which is not happening. The Mets have lost nine of the last ten. They're hey, just easy, a disaster. Okay, don't say don't say that stuff. <laughs> and the Phillies would have to sweep the Marlins. Yeah. At the same time to force the extra game, you know, and then the Braves would have to lose that and play yeah. them. So yeah. that ain't happening. Those things are not happening, dude. No, so, and in the clubhouse, you're, you're looking at this series, this series like, let's step on their throat. Yeah. Let's put them away. Let's end this thing. So the boys are going to come play, come to play today. Yeah. Um, they got – it's it's a hell of a matchup in a, in a first game. I mean, I, I, I think the Braves will win two out of three. I think the Phillies are playing well enough right now, and Harper's hitting. I mean, he's carrying the offense. I won't be surprised if they win one game in a series and the Braves clinch against the Mets. But – they obviously would like to clinch against the Phillies head to head, make a statement, and then yeah. you know have go home. Then have three days to kind of just gather themselves. It's not like a week and a half where I think you can lose your edge. I think three games would be nice to get. So maybe take one game against the Mets to to relax, rest a couple of guys, and then you play those last two games against the Mets as a as a time to get momentum going again for the postseason. But uh, yeah. we'll see. We'll see what happens in the Phillies series. But you got Charlie Morton facing Zach Wheeler in the series opener. Strikeout machine Zach Wheeler from just outside Atlanta. Uh, he has he has a tendency to put it to the Braves. I mean, especially this year, he's got like a one a sub two ERA against him this year. It's pitched great against him his whole career. So that's going to be a good game. And then you got Freed coming off his second complete game shutout in five weeks. He's facing Aaron yeah. Nola on Saturday. He has not been the same Aaron Nola this year at all. 
well over four ERA, if I haven't looked it up, but uh, well over four under that. Ian Anderson, good good matchup in the series finale Sunday. Ian Anderson against Kyle Gibson. They both have, they both have identical 3.60 ERAs. So great pitching matchups. Braves got their best three going. So do the Phillies. It's going to be fun. A sweep would be cool. A sweep and, and celebrate would be pretty cool. Yeah, celebrate on your home field Sunday yeah. after Sunday afternoon, early evening when the game's over. Yeah, and that'd be you know that'd be. I think anytime a starter gets a chance to pitch in that game, with a chance to put a team away, yeah, you know that that'd be pretty fun for Ian. Um, so much happened, man, on this trip. But this last weekend, we could just focus on the this last series against the the Padres because so much happened. Starting with, we'll go with Sundays. I I have never, I've seen a lot of <laughs> innings that I've thought, you know, I saw Craig, Craig Kimbrell do it a bunch. That's Escape who bases, I thought of. <laughs> bases, he pulled a Kimbrell. But you do not expect Will Smith to pull a Kimbrell. But, I mean, in some. Wilbur Smith. <laughs> the way he did it, Will Smith gets himself in jam. Twitter is exploding. <laughs> Will Smith comes in with a 4-3 lead. In the series finale at San Diego, the place is sold out. They got a postseason, a postgame concert about to start. So that right field berm was packed. I mean, it was super spreader packed. And Will Smith comes in with a 4-3 lead, walks the first two guys of the inning, and everybody knows Tatis hasn't been in the game yet, that he's going to be pinch hit, and he's standing on the top step of the dugout from the beginning of the inning with a bat in his hand. Yeah. Sure enough, he comes up to pinch hit with two on. And he's got like, he's hit like 385 with nine homers with runners in scoring position this year. And you're thinking, okay, this is over. And Twitter's going to explode. And Snit's going to have to answer for Will Smith. And there's no way he can stick with him. And blah, blah, blah. And then things didn't go as you expected. (laughs) I I thought of Kimbrell that whole inning, Um, especially once he got the second strikeout and had a chance to get out of it. But I mean, a save's a save. I know he doesn't make it. He doesn't make it, you know, it it makes it stressful sometimes. But, you know, a lot of that's kind of what makes a closer a closer is a lot of guys buckle after those first two walks Uh and they give in. And, you know, I think I've seen him make some adjustments and try to throw more fastballs. He's trying to throw fastballs away. He's trying to throw more four seams up. And it's, you know, it's pretty obvious guys are going up there sitting on it. Um, Because even some of the takes, you know, like the takes Tatis had. Yeah. Those sliders were bastard sliders. They were really good pitches, and he just took them like they were nothing. And so, you know, it, that's the cat and mouse that you always think of is, you know, what's this hitter trying to do? But, you know, I noticed he got Machado looking on a fastball the other day who was mm-hmm. going to be sitting slider. So I think he's he's trying to make those adjustments. I just don't know if he's pitched that way enough where he has a fastball command yet, you know. So there might be that kind of adjustment period Um trying to get that fastball where he needs to because he's always been able to throw so many sliders. His fastball could just kind of be spread and the difference in the tilt versus the ride, he gets his swing and misses on it. But um, I saw him pressing. I mean, he was pressing, but I mean, I, I can't say I wasn't nervous on the couch. I don't get nervous watching baseball much anymore, but I was nervous for him. I was nervous for Snit, nervous for the team. Um, that was a <laughs> exciting inning to watch, I guess is the, the nicest way I could put it. How about he comes up, Tatis comes up after two walks, and Tatis, with those numbers I just said, with runners in scoring position, he does not swing the bat. Four pitches. He did not swing the bat. And 
some some people were talking about generous strike zone for the umpire helped Will Smith, but the pitch that Tatis took for strike three was a strike. Yeah, that wasn't even a if it line. wasn't. Even if it wasn't, I mean, it, it, I don't know the angle that it crossed the plate or whatever, but even if it's not, you can't not swing at that with, right. you know, you can't put it in the umpire's hands. And that's kind of the, I'm seeing that change in the game where guys are willing to strike out and pitch because a pitch was, you know, three centimeters off the black versus protecting in that situation and, and not, you know, leaving it up to the umpire. There, there's always been that saying it's too close to take. And in my mind, you can't take that pitch right there and complain about it because it's I mean, it's two centimeters inside if it's not a strike. Yeah, I thought that one was a strike. I thought a couple of the other ones were borderline on the black, but I thought that one was a strike. But uh, but he missed a few calls too. He threw some fastballs down yeah. and some breaking balls down that could have gone his way. So that's just that's just baseball. Uh, Travis Darno says to have the bases loaded in the ninth. It's obviously a situation we didn't want to be in, but for him to get three punchies in that situation is huge. Shows what kind of heart he has and the will to yeah. win that he has. Stitch said he's got big, and he was about to say balls, but we were on Zoom, and he said he's got big, and he laughed. He said, I don't Guts. know how to put that. He's got a big stomach. <laughs> he said he's got, yeah. he got he guts through things, man. I mean, it, it probably bothered me more than it bothered him, honestly, just looking at him out there. He just kept pitching. Good for him. So here's what happened. He he gets up. He strikes out Tatis for the first out with there's still two on and one out. So I mean he's still got a huge jam in yeah. there to get to get out of. And he walks the next guy. What was that one on? He walked Cronenworth and Machado consecutively start the ninth. Machado would hit the grand slam in the series, you know. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, I obviously being careful with him. He looked good. Tatis came up. They were chanting MVP. Strikes him out, and the crowd's kind of stunned. But they're still, you know, okay, we still got two more chances to get this thing. Yeah. And, uh, to at least tie it up and send it to extras. Uh, slider down in the zone and on the inner edge of the plate. Um, Tatis, and he looked incredulous. Looked at the umpire like, what? So he did not swing on four pitches. So then he walks Tommy Pham after striking out, after Jeez. striking out Tatis on four pitches, he walked Tommy Pham on four pitches. You're like, whoa, what the hell, man? So he loads the bases and he just walked the guy on four pitches to load the bases. So the crowd's going crazy again. Grisham comes up. He had singled in the seventh inning. Strikes him out on six pitches. He looked at the second and third strikes, and I thought the last one was high and in, I think, and I thought maybe caught the edge of the plate, but that one was a real questionable one. But he he was stunned too. Yeah. So that that's how two crowds booing. <laughs> I, I swear in those situations, the, the umps subconsciously, they have a way they want that inning to play out. You know, they got a flight to catch, and it almost seems like every time in those situations, the call leans toward the game ending. And it was going to be a long game if it didn't end there. Yeah. And it's a getaway day. And I, I swear, you know, I mean, I'm not saying they do it on purpose, but I, I swear, you know, it, it just seems to the calls always go go toward if it's borderline, what call would end the game sooner? Yeah, we don't want to imply that the umpires were doing that, but it is getaway day for them, too. And they yeah. don't fly private jets. They fly commercial. They don't fly charters. <laughs> yeah. So with two out, the Padres still needed. A hit, a walk, a wild pitch, pass ball, an error, anything to get this thing to extra innings. The bases are still loaded. And Will Smith still got it like, okay, can you do it one more time? 
So up comes Kim. He he swings. First pitch. He took two balls and then he swung at four in a row. That's right. Fouled off a two-two pitch. Then he struck out on a foul tip. Ninety-four mile an hour fastball. Boom. Will Smith has done the impossible. <laughs> yeah. Think about all the drama in that inning, which seemed like it lasted a half hour. It's probably more like 20 minutes. All the drama in that inning, there was not a ball put in play. <laughs> that was Craig versus Kimbrell. That was a, that was a classic <laughs> Kimbrell inning Kim- right there. <laughs> Craig versus Kimbrell, that's right. <laughs> Once you get the second strikeout, though, it's such a momentum changer because now you can just get any out. You know, as, as a pitcher, if you just have to get any out. Right. So once you get the second strikeout and once you get that second out, you're I think it takes so much pressure off and then it puts the pressure on the hitter, but you're just yeah. thinking you almost think I'm out of this once you get that second one. You know, yeah. you know you just gotta make pitches and it's done. Uh, it just it changes your mindset having the two outs. Because so a ground out or a sack fly won't do it. It's over. Now. Yeah, it's done. When you get that second guy and if he puts the ball in play, the game's tied. Yeah. That that's when it's really hard. But every time I was in those type of situations, where it looked like there's no chance you're getting out of it, and then you get the second one, your mindset switches to, oh, shit, I'm getting out of this. Yeah. You know, so it's, <laughs> it's just such a positive yeah. spin in, in your mind. Once you get that close, you can pretty much taste it, and, and you feel like you're getting out of it. I felt good after the second strikeout, like he was getting out of it. I guess the second out would be the pressure field, the hardest one, because the first one you're almost like, what the hell, man? I mean, <laughs> I'm, I'm just like, screwed. I'm just going to make pitches because yeah. nobody's expecting me to get out of this anyway. So Yeah. Yeah, we're either going down to flames or I'm gonna strike this guy out. <laughs> yeah, and even you know the first one, you're still thinking I can get a double play ball or something, right. and then we got a runner on third. But the second one, you know, when it's bases loaded, one out, that is a tough at bat to pitch. So it's critical on the first one that you keep the ball down. Yeah, don't make a mistake up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because you give up the walk off and everything. But I swear, once you get to bases loaded, yeah, two outs, game on the line, it's like. A hit, any hit, game's over. I remember always feeling that way if Smoltz or Kimbrell got in a bases loaded situation. If they got out of, if they got an out or two, you always, they're going to get it now. They're done. Yeah, yeah, it's over. Yeah. yeah. And I think you probably feel that, you know, on it, the hitter's side of it is shit, yeah. we can't let this guy get out of it. And then he gets that second one and it's the dude walking up there now is like, look at the situation we had, all the pressures on him. And as a yeah. closer, you're like, I'm getting out of this thing. You know, I got two outs. I just got to make a pitch, one pitch and game's over. Eric, let's hear from today's sponsors. Will Smith said, I asked him about it. I said, how'd you remain calm in that situation, you know, and focused? And and he had something interesting. He said he realized years ago when he was coming back from Tommy John elbow surgery, when he was watching the games, uh, he he said he, he realized something that helps him when the crowd's roaring like that and there's no margin for error. He said... That's one thing I learned going through Tommy John. When you're just sitting on the bench, you realize you can slow the game down and just make your pitches pitch by yep. pitch, and it's either going to go your way or it's going to go his way. Yeah. Uh, but don't get out of your game. You know, don't try to do too much. Uh-huh. He said, we just got lucky tonight and it went our way. So I guess he's saying, you know, you can do what you can do and don't worry about it. I mean. Yeah, I mean, if you can – Embrace that mindset. You know, yeah. I mean, it takes a, it takes a special guy to be able to actually think that in the middle of that situation, and that's usually the difference between a closer and a you know an okay setup man. And and the same thing is major leagues versus minor leagues. You know, I mean, that's the advice I give every single pitcher that would get called up when I was pitching was, look, man, if you make pitches, the hitters will get out. Don't yeah. let your emotions 
get you trying to do too much. That's that superpower uh, Leo Mazzoni was talking yeah. about when he came on here was guys get into situations and they start trying to do more. And that's when you fly open, leave a ball up and get really hurt. You know, it, it just, it's, um, you got to have a special mentality and you have to, to really believe in it and be able to slow the game down and stay calm to be able to execute it. You know I mean? That's, mm-hmm. you see a rookie when they come up and they get in those situations. I can't remember. We've talked about a few of the pitchers over the years where you could see their eyes when there's a jam and there's a tense situation and they look like a deer in the headlights. You mm-hmm. could just turn the TV off. Because unless they get lucky, they're going to make a mistake and try to do too much. But you can see other guys, you look at them on the mound and in this yeah. situation, and everybody in the stadium is going crazy. All your fans are panicking and think you're going to blow it. But yeah. if you look in their eyes and they look calm and they make pitches, I mean, it's it's hard to hit. And that's that situation where it helps having that veteran catcher back there, too, that you got a great relationship with, huh? Yeah. Oh, if, if you're in that situation and you got a catcher that's just, you know, kind of suggesting things without yeah. much yeah. Uh, conviction behind it. Just, he like throws down a three and leans his head. Like, yeah. is that <laughs> what like, you want? <laughs> like, shit, I don't know what I want, man. Look what's going on right now. I need you're, you to, you're like, I need you to step straight, up, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. When you get that rookie back there, just guessing, you know, I mean, that that's a big part of it too. When a catcher puts down a sign and hits his glove, like make this pitch and we're getting out of it. Yeah. You know, it, it's just so weird in baseball, how much all that little stuff matters for your mentality. So with that win and the sweep, the Braves know that they're in the driver's seat now because mm-hmm. uh, you if you win, you got a three-and-a-half game lead or, or you got a two-and-a-half game lead. If you win two out of three against the Phillies, you'll have a three-and-a-half game lead. And in that scenario, they can't lose. The only way the Braves would not clinch during the final series against the Mets would be obviously if they got swept by the Mets while the Phillies swept the Marlins. And if that would have happened – Brazil Lee would be down to a half game and they'd have to play that makeup game of uh, the September 16th rain out against Colorado. They'd play that on Monday here in Atlanta. And that would determine whether they would, because if they lose that game, then they would have to play the Phillies in a one game playoff to decide the NLE's title. So a lot of things have to go the Phillies away. Yeah, but if they're they, in a tough spot. The Phillies have to win win the series to give themselves any chance, any any realistic chance. They'd have to win yeah. the series and probably have to sweep the series. And I just can't see the Braves doing it. The way the Braves are playing, I can't see that happening. But we'll see. It's going to be a good series, I think. Uh, two pretty evenly t- matched teams for sure. I just think the Braves have a little more balance, a lot more pitching. Starting pitching's better. A lot more depth in the lineup. The Braves got, uh, the Phillies get Harper, and he's playing great. MVP caliber second half. But the Braves have so much more depth in the lineup with, yeah. with so many guys that can hit the ball out of the park. They have literally yeah. have seven or eight guys in the lineup most days that can go deep at in on any pitch at any time. Yeah, That's how much power they got in this lineup. Yeah, and if you put it to Wheeler, if you, if you come out and put up five in the first so four or five innings on Wheeler, it's like you – they might as well just jump in the plane. <laughs> um, so otherwise, the, if they don't have to, if the Braves clinch it between uh, against the Phillies or the Mets, they'll end up playing 161 games instead of 162. Um, you hope it doesn't end up affecting them statistically. I mean, you worry, but not that you worry too much about the individual stuff, but they got like Dansby hit that 27th home run. Now they got a chance. Dansby needs three yeah. homers in the last six or seven, six games, and they would be the first team to ever have four infielders with four, with uh, 30 homers. Never right. happened. So, 
Obviously. I was thinking that the other day when you were saying he's not going to get there. I was like, yeah, he can get just he can get hot in a hurry too. Right, you know right. I mean? A multi homer game or something. If he got as hot as he was for about a month, he could do it because he was hitting like yeah. two or three in a series, not like yeah. it was nothing. You know, he had the two couple of two homer games, and he had that series where he had four up in uh, DC. Yeah. Not that long ago. I mean, then he got ice cold. So if he gets hot, yeah, it could still happen to be interesting. Um, they have, uh, they've put themselves, they got to love the situation they put themselves in, ready to clinch at home in front of their crowd. And ideally, like I've said, and we've agreed on this, that ideally, I mean, sure, you want it, you want to win as many games as you can and clinch, but clinching in that final week tends to give you, yeah. you, you don't have as long to, to lose your edge and, and, uh, and then have to click uh, flip the switch and, and get amped up again for the postseason. If you're pushed down to that last week and they are being pushed to the last week, probably going to be pushed to the final series. But I just think it's a lot easier to keep your momentum going into the postseason than if you have to kind of, okay, here we go and get started again. If you have like two weeks to cool your jets. I think so too. I mean, it, you know, look at, we had that we had what a 10 game lead in 2011 and had that that rain out of a whole series in New York and you just kind of go into la la land for a few days I mean it's kind of the same concept when you clinch early I you know it's like a closer when they come into a game and it's not a safe situation you know you still want to do well but when the pressure's gone you just you let your guard down a little bit whether you know it or not and I think teams that clinch with two weeks to go, mm-hmm. there's not that same intensity. You know, you, you can't manufacture it. It's it's something that just the situation kind of applies for you. And I always think the teams that clinch with three games, two games left is fine because you're going to have – you're going to celebrate. Like if they clinch the last game of this series, that plane ride to New York is going to be awesome. Like those – you know, and then you don't play the guys the next day. You take that one day easy – and then everybody's getting right for the playoffs, and it happens. It happens quick. There's not all that time off. Even no, you know, New York's when, here. New York's here. Oh, they're New York's coming here. Oh, yeah. yeah, they're not flying there. Yeah, um, well, either way, then that 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 next day game, yeah, you know, or that Get Monday to sleep game, down, see the kids and all that, and born at forty. Yeah, you you definitely need that that you definitely need that day to just let the guys that don't want to play not play and kind of thank them for putting in a good year. But then right. you're back to business game too. Um, I even thought when there was that break in the playoffs, you know, you'd clinch yeah. and then they'd have the wild card off day, off day type right. of thing where it's three days. Like I hated that too. I, you want to keep rolling. So the more time you can spend playing intense games leading into the playoffs, the better. Yeah. And I think uh, while people, uh, some well, not, not people don't necessarily feel bad for the Dodgers because they're hard. It's hard to feel bad for the Dodgers. <laughs> they're 200, they're quarter of a billion dollar payroll. And, but they have a chance to win like 102 games, 100 whatever, 103 games, and still have to play a one-game playoff wild card. Giants do because they just lost Belt now, so the Dodgers have a chance to catch him. Belt's out. That sucks for the Giants, man. What happened to him? Broke his hand. And you know they how he hit? got hurt? Got hit. You know how he got hit? Bunting. Oh. Got hit. He's out. It's They haven't given a timetable yet, but he's out. He's I, I can't see him coming back for the postseason unless they unless they maybe get to the World Series. He comes back, but it's on a stolen hand. Uh, that not good. So that hurts him bad. He's been playing and he's been hot too. It's been yeah. So Dodgers still have a chance to catch him. Either way, one of those teams is going to win 103, 104 games and play a wild card game. But 
On the other hand, in a tip, if they had 102 wins in this division in the East, they would have clinched a month ago. And they would yeah. be right now playing meaningless games for them. They yeah. wouldn't even have been able to play for home field advantage. So now they're going to push, those teams are going to push right to the wire. 103, 104 win teams are going to be pushed right to the wire and still be playing for their playoff lives in a wild card game. So I think it makes them even more dangerous, those two teams. Yeah, I think it's it's definitely a good thing. But, you know, it hurts you obviously losing your best starter, starting them in that wild card game. Yeah. And also playing a team that's got like 15 less wins. No doubt. And worst case scenario, you play the damn Cardinals. I, if anybody oh can my beat. God. If anybody can knock Scherzer and the Dodgers out in a wild card game, this streak is crazy. There's no other team I'd pick than the Cardinals to be able to pull that off. 16 in a row? Are you kidding yeah. me? I mean, at the timing, yeah, it, they're, what they're doing, what they're doing is nuts. It's reminding me of Oakland, but they're doing it at a playoff race that you know down the stretch. This is down the stretch. The only thing I can remember this reminds me of is is the uh, Rockies that year, Rocktober. Rockies mm-hmm. won like 22, 23 in a row from the regular season into the playoffs, though. I think they swept their first two series in the postseason, and then they just got yeah. their asses kicked by the Red Sox. The it was series. almost like they shot their wad and they were done. Yeah. You know, plus they ended up their their po- their second series early. So they had that break you're talking about. They had That's to rest for like about. a week before they played the World yeah. Series. And they just had nothing when it started. They yeah. needed to stay on that that run they were on, you know? Yeah. And the Cardinals are gonna that they're they got that danger too. Uh, I, maybe it's good that they'll have to play a wild card, but they have that, uh, they have the danger of this run. They, you know, they're loving going to the ballpark every day. They're like, we can't lose. Yeah. Then they're going to have like four days before they yeah. start a series though. Cause the, the NL division series don't start till Friday. The AL start on Thursday. So you got your wild card games, Tuesday, AL Wednesday, uh, NL, and then the division series start Thursday and Friday. So, even if they play, you know, a, a wild, if they don't play a wild card game, which well, they're going to have to, they can't catch the yeah. Brewers. I'm mean, realistic. I don't think they're going to do that, but uh, they would play a wild card game Wednesday. So it kind of spaces it out a little bit, but still they're going to have more, like four off days between. Yeah. Po- first and that, that's series. the type of thing that breaks up a win streak like that. It's just a reset. Yeah. I, you know, the wild card game, I hate as a player. I hate it. But as a fan. Yeah. It's, the, you can't ask for uh, it's the best. It's the best to watch a one game playoff. I think it's the best for fans, unless you're a fan of one of the two teams involved. Yeah, yeah. The rest of the fans are it. loving it. It's, it's like the, the best, best game of the year watching it. Yep, if you're just a neutral fan, but if you have yep. a rooting interest, it's the get the Maylocks game, man. Because if yep. you fall behind early, you're like, holy shit, how did it come down to this? We played well, yeah. 162. Yep. Went through all the shit we went through. We got here, and now we're down three nothing in the first inning. <laughs> yeah, and look at the Dodgers. I'm sure if you went through their schedule, they've oh lost games to shitty teams. Yeah, you know they they've lost to bad teams in right. one game in baseball. You know that's why I hate it as a player because anything can happen in one game. And that's you why could, it's, it's nothing like the season you just played. Right, you could take the Pirates' number five starter, Absolutely. roll him into L.A. and. Starter has an off day or some weird error or ball bounces a weird way. Closer blows. Something happens in a one-game series. Any team in baseball can win that game. Yeah. Whereas if the Pirates are playing the Dodgers in a best of five, it doesn't matter if they win one game, the first game. I mean, lose game one. It's like no chance. Yeah. Yeah. They're going to win. But one game, man, 
That that's why you hate it as a player because especially as a reliever coming into that thing, yeah, your whole team season is riding on you. It I remember coming into that wild card game in the against the Cardinals in 2012. That was the most nervous I've ever been in my life. I couldn't yeah. even feel the ball in my hand. I mean, I skated through the inning somehow, but I was not <laughs> myself. I was yanking balls and and pushing them, and I mean, it was just it was a different environment. That's why I liked last year that best of three in the wild card round because that at least I like it too. It's at least similar to what you've done all year. You know, you can still. And the worst thing that can happen if your starter comes out and lays an egg in game one, you still got another chance. I mean, you're gonna yep. the other team's gonna have to do it twice to you. And I just think that makes all the difference in the world. Uh, even if you had to do it as a doubleheader, even if you had to do you know play uh, play the first game as a uh, either the doubleheader, seven inning game, seven inning games on day one, and then third game if necessary the next day and get it done in two days, something. Anything's I go day better. two doubleheader if necessary. You yeah, know, if, anything is better, I think, than one game, wild card game. But Yeah, that, that's why as a player I hate it. I mean, I, but like you said, if, if your team's not in it and you're watching. Yeah, that's the best. I'm getting the popcorn out and I'm not missing in any, you know, until something somebody gets a big lead or something. Because in it's, effect, it's game seven. Wild card yeah, game's game seven. It's a, it's a free game seven to kick the playoffs off. Yeah, yeah. Um, Darno was talking about uh, coming home, you know, after putting themselves in the driver's seat with what they did. Seven to three trip, not counting the the uh, resumption game that they lost. Seven, Seven to three, though, in the game, in the yeah. real games, the the complete games. Um, Darno said, "Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. It's kind of like one of the coolest situations to be in—an opportunity to clinch at home in front of all our fans, hometown fans. But we've just got to take it game by game and go out there and try to win the series against the Phillies. They're a good team and they've been playing good baseball, so we just got to study up and get stay focused. I think they've uh, shown that they can that they will have the right attitude. That they, there's no chance of them coming out and being kind of cavalier and going, "Okay, it's a you know worst thing that can happen is we don't clinch against them. We'll clinch against the Mets." I don't think this team shows that, that they're not like that. No, your attitude is to just beat the shit out of them, just yeah. put them away, and and it's. You're in the driver's seat. You got a chance to do it. You get excited for that. They'll be amped up like a playoff game. Like, let's just end this now, you know, in this series. And it's a rival. I mean, the Phillies more than the Mets, you know, the team that they've uh, had more of these run-ins with. And, you know, and Harper with the whole MVP thing. There's going to be that, that kind of side, that kind of uh, um, sidebar story going on with Harper. Oh. May Some people think has taken over as the leader in MVP. A lot of other people think it's still Tatis. Some, a lot of people think it should be Riley or Freddie. Riley and Freddie could take votes away from each other. Duvall, people are going to look at his numbers. That might take some votes away. So I think Riley's got a chance, or Freddie, to come out. And if they have a much better series than uh, Harper and the Braves win the series, that could play in the minds of a couple of voters. You know, if they're watching the series or paying attention, they go head-to-head. And, we should because the numbers are so similar. I mean, Harper's had a great second half, but so is Riley. Man, their numbers. Well, it are should come similar. into play though. I mean, if you yeah. if, if Harper comes out and hits six homers in the series, yeah, he could win this. That could win him the MVP. Yeah, and, same and if thing he comes Riley. out and goes over over twelve, right? If I'm voting, I'm looking at the guys that if this is the biggest series. This is what you want a player for when you're talking about the most valuable guy. Who do yeah. you want on your team? Agree. You, you play a series like this. I mean, I want if you're going to win MVP, this is when you have to do it. Guys, let's take a quick break and then we'll finish up the show. I thought uh, I thought the, the the weekend series, the comeback, the the Max Fried win was phenomenal Friday night, but then the comebacks Saturday. 
They came back from three deficits. They came back from a Machado Grand Slam that put them up 7-3. I mean, not many teams will come back from that, you know. That place erupted when Machado hit that Grand Slam. And the Braves just went back to work, came back from that one and won it. They won, came out from three deficits and won the thing. I thought that game and then the escape act on, on Sunday against in front of a packed house, I thought they really, it was that was kind of a microcosm of the season, the kind of the overcoming adversity, resilience, when everybody's doubting them and all that. I thought that was kind of wrapped up in two games right there, what the Braves have done all year. Yeah, and they haven't they haven't done it like they did in past years where they won those games like almost every time. Right. You know, last last year and the year before they could be down five and you still thought they had right. a chance. They haven't done it quite the same, but it still just speaks to the mentality, the leadership of the team. You know, Snit, I'd something about him, his team seemed to find a way to win, you know, yeah. and, and never give up. And I think that's him not putting the pressure on him, being a positive influence. But the the Will Smith one, man, I mean <laughs> You don't. You don't think there's any way he's getting out of that. Yeah. You know, but only one person in the world has to think he's getting out of it, and it's him. Yeah. And he did it. I mean. Yeah. And, and you and you can honestly say, I mean, you could give Darno some credit, but otherwise, that's all Will Smith because he didn't even rely on the defense to make a play for him. No. Nope. That's all him, man. Yeah. It's on your shoulders, dude. You control this inning. They didn't put a ball in play. Yep. You you get you loaded the bases. You gave him every opportunity to win it, and then you took that opportunity away yourself. Yeah, and what you're looking at, if he doesn't do that, you come into this series today. It's a whole different thing. It is a different dynamic. A whole different thing, because if you come in with a one-and-a-half game lead, the Phillies know if they win the series, it's sure. on for that last week, that last uh, series. Half game back, if you if you take two out of three. Yeah, yeah. it's a totally different picture yeah. if Will Smith blows that safe. Yeah. Um. This is a team, you keep reminding yourself, this is a team that did not get over 500 until like the 109th game of the season. Yep. That seems a long time. It seems like it's been like three seasons wrapped in one. I mean, it seems so long ago that Acuna got hurt. That was only like 50-some games ago. Yeah. Or 60-some games ago. The game before the All-Star break. Two games before the All-Star break. Seems like last year. It seems like ages ago that Darno tore his thumb ligament, missed three months, and it seems like he's, he's already been back and he's like part of the team again. It's like he it, it was never gone. Uh, you know, it's such a long season. I, I, oh, was, I remember so long. I always told guys that, you know, because there, there's always some shit going on in the season. You know, say it's like this early May drama. Some yeah. guy's getting ridden yeah. hard because he sucks or he's doing this. And Yeah, you I always, always put that guys, in perspective. I would always tell guys, like, nobody's even going to remember this shit in June. <laughs> like, just power through it. And you're going to get to September, nobody's going to remember what was happening in June because it's 162 games. Yeah. You know, you you just you can't afford as a player to ride those waves with with all the, sh- the outside noise and am I, you know, am I a fluke or am I good or yeah. what's going on with me? It's it's such a mental challenge to stay even keeled through this long of a season. I mean, if you check online, you know, fans fans can afford to lose their shit every time the team wins or loses. But as a player, you have to stay even keeled because you'll be so mentally drained if you blow a save in yeah. mid May and you know you're falling apart over it and stressing it. You, the number one thing you have to be able to do as a major league player is just put yesterday behind you, turn the page show up to work again tomorrow. And 
It, it is. I mean, it's crazy that I don't remember what's happening with this team in May. I know maybe Freddie was Freddie was struggling. And think about this. Think about it. Charlie Morton was struggling so much early on that everybody's like, "There we go again." We always sign the guy when he's done. After he's had yeah. the kind, now he's done, and we sign him. We have fifteen million dollars. That was a dumb signing, Charlie Morton, like a month into the season. Now look at it. They've re-signed him for $20 million and everybody's like, well, he's earned it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Thank God yeah. he's coming back. Drew Smiley, he starts terrible. He's horrible, right? Yep. Everybody's like, oh, my God, this guy's horrible. Then he has a run where he's yep. like, look at that. He's the best pitcher on the team for about a month and a half, right? He's pitching yep. great. They're winning every start he makes. Then they're like, okay, I'll give him credit. He's come back. And now it gets terrible again, and he loses his rotation spot. Don't yep. even know if he'll be on the postseason roster. Max Free gets hurt twice early. He's got like a five ERA at the end of the first month, right? He's got the hamstring. He's got the uh, 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 blister. You're like, oh god, Max. Max last year was his year, man. He pulled, he picked up the slack last year, but he's this is why they can't rely on him. Now look at him. I mean, it, so much happens. Freddie was hitting under 200 again, like. Uh, uh, what uh, forty games into the season or something? Yeah, and then and then he just and then he, all of a sudden he's an MVP fifty fifty games later. <laughs> Austin Riley didn't have an extra base hit or an RBI in the first fifteen games of the season, and Snit was being asked how long the Braves can stay patient with Austin Riley and keep him in the lineup at third base. Now that's we're talking MVP. <laughs> now we're talking MVP. Yeah. And that's just, you know, you as a player, you got to maintain that perspective that there's so much time. That was Derek Lowe would say that, you know, yeah. no matter – he had a running joke, and the first year you play with him, you didn't get it because he'd always be saying it's still early. You know, it'd be June. He's just walking through the clubhouse after a tough loft. We're all right, still early. Yeah. Still early. Yeah. He said that shit all the way to the last game of the season. Still early. You know, I mean, he just <laughs> – he just had these jokes, but you didn't get it till like September, really what he was, what he was saying. And it, it kind of goes to that is that it's just, there's always so much baseball left. And then you get to the end of the year and, and that now it's crunch time where they're at now, but who even remembers what was happening yeah. in June? Acuna was the, it was the MVP front runner. Like a month into the season, we're like, oh, he's good. He might do 40, 40, he might do 50, 35. I mean, he, what it look they he got four hurt. different outfielders. <laughs> and then he gets hurt, and they completely revamp the outfield. Pache is terrible. He loses his spot. They re completely redo the outfield. And, I mean, after they went through a stretch where, like, guys like Almonte and Heredia kept to help keep them afloat. Yeah. Before reality set in, they realized they got to go get some more guys. They got four new outfielders. Yeah, it doesn't even seem like Pablo Sandoval played this year. <laughs> You know, his we seven, his yeah. four pinch hit home runs yeah. in like the first five weeks of the season. Yeah. Which I think is still the major league leader for pinch hit home runs. And he hasn't been on yeah. the team. He hadn't done anything in five months. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that, that's just a baseball season, though. So, I mean, it's. Yeah. yeah. He was the phenomenon are. early. He was the story. Pablo Sandoval. Where would they be without Pablo Sandoval? <laughs> yeah. And we, honestly, I mean, it, it, you think about that, though, is. He could have made a difference in this whole thing. If he if he didn't hit some of those pinch hit homers, they might be chasing the game right now. Yeah. Chris Martin. Oh, man, what are they going to do without Chris Martin? He's hurt for a month early. Oh, God, that's their best reliever. He's out for a month. Now it's like, oh, my God, Chris Martin is so far down the totem pole now since the sticky stuff and all, whatever the reason. He's not even one of their key guys anymore. Yeah. 
So it's just it's it's di- it's so crazy what a different perspective you have to have in the clubhouse versus out of it. You yeah. know, I mean, you you can't ride those waves and get wrapped up in today's story. But when you're following it and watching it, you know, I mean, that's entertaining. When you're inside of it, you have to just really be good at ignoring all the outside noise and, and staying even keeled because it's a long season. And if you think about spring training on top of that, oh yeah, I don't remember how anybody played in spring. There's a story every day on some guy that's hot, yeah. some guy did yeah. new workouts and all this. And then you get to this point in the year. I can't tell you a single thing that happened in spring training. Uh, here Adrian's Adrian's a one a spot because he hit like 400 and some in spring training him and Pablo Sandoval were the stories they both yeah. hit 400 with yeah. a ton of power yeah it's just it's a long year man Contreras the Contreras period when he was the primary when he was the starting catcher for like six weeks yeah after never playing triple A <laughs> um Okay, so Sunday, anyway, Jock Peterson, for, forgot to mention him. You know, he hadn't played much at all lately, but he was big in both of those wins Saturday and Sunday, man. He had that big double Saturday, and then on Sunday, they build a 3-0 lead. He gets a two-out homer in the second inning, and, and the Padres, of course, booing him because the former Dodger, and he's like, just, I love the way he does his arm when he goes around his face when he hits on run. But uh, he's big in that. They build the 3-0 lead. He hits a two-out homer, and then they get doubles from Austin Riley and Darno and a pinch hit RBI single from the aforementioned Adrianza. But uh, So they have a 3-0 lead, and they're cruising. But then the Padres get three runs in the fifth off Jacob Webb, who's had a couple of bad games lately after you know going on that 16th inning, I think it was, scoreless streak when he was just like lights out. He would move himself into the high leverage role. So you hope he can uh, – Kind of, kind of get things going again in this last week. Kind of get some rest or whatever he needs to do and get back in that groove because he was really looking good, man, for a while. Yeah, and that's you know that's that's part of what you what I'm talking about learning to turn the page on stuff. You know, as a reliever, you have that bad one. If you take it back out there next time against the Padres, you're going to give up three more. Mm-hmm. You know, but it's it's easier said than done. To you know, you, that's weighing on you when you go back out there. It's like shit. My my last one was a bad one. And that's why I'm saying managers can amplify that feeling. Yeah. If a manager rides you on the bench for seven seven days after a bad outing, the next time you go out there, you're like, look what happened the, the last time I pitched bad. If I do it again, maybe I don't pitch for another week. Yeah. You know, if, you, if your manager can throw you right back out there and show you show you that confidence, you know, but for in his case, you know, it's two bad games. You got to be able to just say, shit, I sucked. You know, maybe not watch too much video, maybe not overanalyze it. Just go back out there and chuck the ball and, and have that same confidence and, and mindset that you have when you were rolling. Um, but it's going to happen. You know, I mean, you have to be able to handle that. They uh, So they gives, they, he gives up the lead. They're down 4-3. But then they came right back, and Peterson drew a leadoff walk in the sixth. Orlando Arcia, another guy that they added after the season started, he's been out most more than half the year in AAA. All these guys that were not part of the thing at all coming out of spring training. Uh, he hits a one-out pinch hit, double, drove in. Peterson ties it up again. And that's two games in a row where both of those guys, because Garcia had a big walk the night before yep. in that big inning, um, in that miracle game Saturday where they came from behind three times. Uh, and Garcia had a uh, one-out walk to get things going in that two-run 10th inning which they've sucked in extra innings all year. So for them to have a big one at the, in the last week, that's, that's huge for me. Get some momentum, show we can do this in a, in a 10th inning because they've just been the worst team in the majors in the 10th inning this year. So that's pretty big to do it in such an important game on the road against a San Diego team fighting for the playoff lives, you know, until the Braves eliminated them. Um, 
what uh, Peterson got a start. They gave, they were able to rest of all for most of Sunday. They wanted to give him some rest coupled with Monday's day off. He's just got tired legs. He, he was playing center field on that turf in, uh, in Arizona, running around a lot. You know, he's type 1 diabetic. I don't know if that had anything to do with it. They're not going to say if, you know, they, he don't want to use any excuse. But they just wanted him to rest his legs some. So Peterson got a start. He had good numbers against Musgrove. Peterson did so previously. So he starts Sunday, and it paid off. He had a great game. Duvall, Duvall rested, came in in the seventh inning, double switch. So he should be well rested for this stretch run. He's got 38 home runs and leads of majors yeah. or leads of league in the RBIs, like 111. So, I mean, he's got an outside chance at a 40 homer season, man, with six games to go. Oh, I think I think he gets it at home. I, how he I think he's a big truest, dude to be. Yeah, he rakes it truest. I think he gets it. And rakes. I mean, he should have Phillips. 39. Yeah, but I know. I know. I think it's just a big dude to be running around in center field. Yeah, thick dude, big legs, muscular. They, that would uh, that would suck if he gets thirty nine and he lost that home yeah. at Arizona. Yeah. That really would suck. Um, yeah. What was that? Oh, I meant to ask you about a Noah's pitch selection in that awful game when he gave up seven runs in that game. They came back and won anyway. He gives up seven runs early on the grand slam. He threw. 16 consecutive sliders, dude. 20, you know, it's, 20 of his last 21 pitches in that game were sliders. Was he throwing his fastball for strikes or was he missing with it? Early on, he said that they was throwing a fastball and they were laying off of it. I, he didn't have, he didn't, yeah, he was missing. He didn't have command, obviously, because if he was throwing it and they were laying off of it. <laughs> yeah, it was a ball. So... He and uh, he said he and Darno agreed. They went to the slider because those guys weren't going for the fastball, and uh, he threw some good ones to Tatis. Struck him out, I think. It, yeah, and that. But uh, man, he just slider after slider, and then the last one is like boom, Grand Slam Machado. Yeah, they're gonna make the adjustment when you've thrown that many in a row and be like, you know, what's crazy though is some hitters will see a pitcher throw eight straight sliders. And still think they might get a fastball. Right. And it's still in their head. But a smart hitter calling it. Yeah. A, a, a smart hitter is going to kind of make that adjustment. But, you know, a lot of times when you see a pitcher do that, they just don't have a feel for a pitch. So it's, you know, the decision is for a catcher is, you know, what's the right pitch versus what can he get over? Right. And when a guy's battling like that and he's throwing a slider where he wants to and his fastball spraying all over the place. You know, and then you feel like, all right, they're sitting on it. You know, we got to throw a fastball here, throw it down the middle. You know, I mean, that's that's kind of the decision catcher always has to make is not necessarily what's the right pitch, but what pitch does he have a better chance of executing? And you know, when you see a guy throw 16 in a row, it's he's definitely controlling that pitch better. Maybe it's not the best because right. I, I don't feel like his slider's been as dominant. No, it has his, not been. You know, and I think that's probably – the entire difference in him because early in the season when he was dominating, his slider was just filthy. Yep. And he, if he would have thrown 16 of those in a row early in the season, he would have had five straight strikeouts. Yeah. You know, something like that. But when you lose that out pitch and, and you're grinding, it's a lot, it's a lot harder without your best pitch to do it. And it's probably just, you know, it's just a little off whether he's yanking it or casting it a little bit or just not quite got the same life to it. Something with him changed during that downtime and, 
just lost feel for it. But if he gets that pitch back, I think he's just as dominant. Yeah, and he said, you know, I got one start left. And he corrected himself, said, well, I might have one start left. I guess he was saying I'm not going to take it for granted that I'm going to be in there. Yeah. But he's he, he still says he's confident, even though he's concerned because he wants to give the team a chance to win and not stress the bullpen. So he's kind of concerned that he struggled so much recently. But he said, I'm also confident in what I can do, and he thinks he can get it turned around in one start. We'll see. But uh, with his last start fixing things. But I thought that was kind of a definitive little sequence there, man, because they trailed 7-3 after Machado's grand slam against him in the bottom of the fifth, and the Braves come right back in the top of the sixth and score four runs, including Jorge Soler's three-run homer. Soler's been huge, obviously, another of those four guys, the outfielders that they picked up, and he's just been – now he's hitting leadoff, and Freddie hitting second with Albies behind him and Riley hitting cleanup is really working well because if they bring in a lefty to face Freddie – Albies is waiting. It's like, okay, I'd love that, you know? Yeah. So I think that was a really good move by Snit to do that on this trip. Move those, switch those guys around, have Solar, you know, Solar lead off, even though he's, you know, the biggest leadoff man in history, maybe, you know? <laughs> yeah. He's, uh, he's got discipline up there and he, do, he doesn't, he's not overly aggressive. He, he works counts. He's actually working well and, and he, and he can run. So, but, yeah. Uh, I hadn't thought of that. That's a huge deterrent because if you bring in a lefty specifically for Freddie, yeah, he's got to face Ozzy and right Riley handed. too. I mean, you yeah. got to face three guys, so you got to face those two lefty killers right after him. I mean, that's a big deterrent. Ozzy hitting right-handed has been great. I mean, he's yeah. like an OPS in mid nine hundreds, high nine hundreds, I think. Yeah, three twenty average, something like that. He has a way higher average in OBP than he does on the left. Um, yeah, so they tied it again then with Solaire's three-run homer. Then they trailed again, 8-7, after Chris Martin gives up a run in the sixth. And again, they came back. They tied it in the ninth on Eddie Rosario's two-out single off Melanson, which I thought, you know, for all those, you know, that's just extolling the virtues of Melanson. We saw Melanson, a typical Melanson game. People that just looked at the numbers and the saves don't realize he's walked a tightrope, too, almost most of the year. Yeah, yeah he, he rarely does. has a clean inning. He's got uh what what's Nis say? He's got a big stomach too. Yeah, you know? big stomach. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was uh Eddie Rosario with that game he had in San Francisco and then this game. I mean, right there, he he had he earned his uh whatever they gave up to which was Pablo Sandoval to get him. That's what they gave yeah. up. That was it. <laughs> yeah. So they gave up nothing to get him. They just dropped Pablo Sandoval to the trade. So uh that's that's crazy that they got him for nothing. They got Solar almost for nothing, you know, low-level guy. Uh, what they got, what they got Duvall for Alex Jackson, are you kidding me? I mean, Alex pulled off the miracle trades at the deadline. For, gave up nothing to get guys that have been critical for them. He should get consideration for the executive he should. Of the year or whatever it is, you know, whatever that award's called. Yeah. He, pulling off that trade, if he doesn't do that, who knows where the team's at. But, I mean, and, to get those – Four difference makers for nothing. Peterson, yeah, it gave up for Rich Rodriguez. He gave up Bryce Wilson. That that's the biggest price he paid for anybody. Yeah, and these are all difference makers. I mean, most teams you make a few trades like that, and you're lucky if one of them really does what you hope down the stretch. Yeah, but these guys wouldn't be where they are without those guys, obviously. No, I mean, and and sure, Acuna, you you lose the best player in the league. and there's nothing good comes out of that, but you don't have all these guys. If you have a Cunha, you don't make all these moves. And you could argue that 
I think it's stupid to say they're a better team without Acuna because that's not what I mean. But they would not have as much depth if they still right. had Acuna because they wouldn't have made all the moves that they made. They might have gone I'd out like and made one out. I like to think maybe they move. make one or two of them. That's yeah. it. But, you know, I mean, the, the three guys hidden, if you ever ask the GM, you know, do you want to have Acuna or do you want to try to trade and have three right. or four outfielders hit? It's hands down. Hands you down. You couldn't have predicted this. It's an obviously. easy one. Obviously, you never would have predicted Rosario and Soler both were going to hit like much, much better than they did with their previous teams, yeah. but they have. So you would have probably still done Duvall because you needed a left fielder after losing Azuna. You would not yeah. have done Soler and you would not have done Rosario if you still had Acuna. Yeah. And it, it speaks to just how much depth matters more in baseball than any other sport. And you wouldn't have you done know, Peterson because I mean, that was a direct one after that. That was did. direct. Right. Yeah. So you'd have done Duvall probably. Would you still been as good? Probably, because Acuna is so good, but you wouldn't yeah. have the depth that you do now. Your lineup now is so deep. I mean, it's so much yeah. deeper than it was in the first half. Yeah. Interesting, yeah. but yeah. And just so anybody knows, we're not saying they're a better <laughs> team without Acuna, because that's stupid. Acuna's the best player in the league. So there. No, it's just the way it spun worked out well for the team. Right, right, exactly. Whether the, it was best-case scenario for what best had Best-case happen. scenario. But yeah. he, yeah, I, but I agree. I mean, he's he should win Executive of the Year for recovering from losing Ronald Acuna at the All Star break and winning the division, getting better in the second half. Yeah, playing a whole season without Soroka, losing Ozuna to stupidness. You know. Yeah, yeah. I'm guessing Kapler's looking at Manager of the Year. Oh, f- hands down, I'm voting, <laughs> I'm voting for that. I could have voted for that a month ago. Yeah, that's not even close. You know, after that, I'm waiting to vote the rest of the ballot because I want to see Schiltz put him put his name in there with this late run. You know, with Cardinals, because yeah. yeah, I would have said Craig Council otherwise. You know, that still so I feel like you should be able to wait until after the wild card game because if the Cardinals <laughs> yeah, no, playoffs strictly regular season, I got to vote by yeah. Sunday afternoon. So it'll be interesting. I think Snit will get. I'm not saying I'll vote for him, but I think, uh, but I'll, but I think he will get some third place votes. Yeah. Look what he's done with all the injuries, man. Yeah. Look how the team plays for him. Exactly. There was a, uh, in fact, in fact, there was a, oh, after we asked uh, Soler about, you know, coming to the Braves in this playoff race and how much fun he's having and that win after the win that when he has the, he had the three run homer and then he has the huge hit in the 10th too. So he said it was a huge win, especially considering the fact that it felt like we were playing from behind the entire game. He said, we kept overcoming the deficits and battling back the energy. He was talking about coming off the field and going, he said, the energy was sky high, honestly, like nothing I've seen before. I mean, we were working our way back to the clubhouse and everybody was hooting and hollering and screaming. He said it was a big win. God, that's such a good feeling. I miss being a part of that. That is probably what I miss the most about baseball is that those clubhouses after big wins, just just doing that with a group of dudes, you know, that yeah. that's how you build momentum. Snit said that might have been the gutty one of the guttiest games I've ever seen a team play. He said guttiest. He meant gutsiest, but I kept it. That was snit, the snitism, guttiest. Uh one of the guttiest team games I've ever seen a team play. What kind what they could have done after the grand slam and how they roared back and just kept coming. Man, he goes, it's kind of defines who these guys are, what yeah. they're all about. He said these last two games, he said, My God, I'm so proud of these guys, those last two games. Um, but uh there was a there was a good quote from uh from uh uh Darno about that uh the last win. He said uh 
Yeah, we're going to get through this thing and not even spend any time talking about Freed, but God, how good was Freed, man? You can't ask for much more than that. You know, I mean, if you throw a complete game under 100 pitches, I know he's not striking two, out a ton he's got of guys. Two Maddoxes. Yeah. Two, That's two just, complete games under 100 pitches, four strikeouts in each of them. But he's actually fared better not striking out a lot of guys, pitching to contact, you know, great defense behind him on a lot of ground balls, 16 ground balls in that game. Yeah, he's just coming at him with stuff that's overwhelming. He's filling up the zone. I mean, it's so much fun to watch a baseball game that's pitched like that. Charlie said about these uh, – I was talking to Charlie about this team, and, and he said, I just don't see a lot of volatility in the clubhouse. I don't see a lot of the push and pull. I think it's just you show up every day and the guys, they care about each other. It's just an easy room to be a part of. And he's been around. I mean, that that's hinting at what I was talking about earlier, teams and players that are riding those waves up and down. I mean, it's mm-hmm. contagious. Team just comes to play every day. Um, I was just looking for that one quote for uh, what uh, what Darno had said about about uh, their what it said about them coming back. But yeah, Freed has turned into such a rock for this team down the stretch, man. Uh, oh, and his family was there too from L.A., which was really cool because they don't get to see him pitch much, you know, coming across the country. Yeah, I always I always feel like California guys going back home or, you know, Texas guy pitching there. There's always something extra, extra behind it, pitching in that home state. Oh, and the weather was just perfect for it, too. It was a cool night, yeah. San Diego night. Yeah. Uh, oh, well, I can't find that thing. But uh, he was talking about uh, what what Darno was talking about was the the, the leadership that they have. He said in the and yep. that allows them to come back and, and, and play through stuff like that. And he said the leadership it starts with Snit and the coaches, and then he named like guys Freddie. He named Dansby. He named Riley, Ozzy. He said we got a lot of guys that are just he goes it just a, 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 it all contributes to this vibe that they have that uh, that they never winners. get down. Yeah, they're winners. Yeah. All right. Well, big series, big series with the Phillies and some good matchups and. This is what the Braves wanted to play. Go to the last week of the season with these games being relevant. And a lot of people for a long time thought there's no way they would be. But they stayed with it. And now they're playing for uh, playing for a playoff berth and a, and a fourth straight division title, which is no small feat, man. I don't care what division you're in. There's not many teams winning four straight division titles. No. I don't remember the last team to do that. Dodgers. Dodgers, <laughs> Dodgers are doing it. But that's yeah. it. That's it. Yeah. Might not All do right. it this year. All right. Yeah, that's right. That's right. The streak might end. All right. 755 is real. We will talk again after the weekend. Who knows? Maybe the Braves will have clinched when we uh, when we do it the next of these. Or at the end of the week. Yeah. Friday. Yeah. 755 is real. We are out. See you all later. Bye.